Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. Welcome to Reloaded Monday, everybody. We have episode 309, The Predator. We have JR coming back on, and this was a legendary show. JR talked about being a one percenter when it comes to motorcycle gangs and what he went through on an exclusive private property. But to be honest with you, the most fascinating part of his life story, and this what you're about to hear was fascinating. But what was most fascinating was the conversation we had in overtime, which is a member's exclusive. But JR talked about some really bizarre things in the overtime that led to some really good conversation. But I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to enjoy this Reloaded Monday right now. Okay, I'll reload it. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. Saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face, they basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg and I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you're looking for some extra emergency preparedness food, we got you covered at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There we offer emergency preparedness food and supplies that will last you a long time, up to 25 years on the shelf. And if you get the four-week supply, we'll knock $100 off for you right there at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And if you want to hear more shows every week, we have memberships on the website. If you go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, Hit the join button. You can become a member today and get extra shows every week. Every Thursday, we release a bonus show to members only on the website.
website. All right, let's get to this week's show. We have JR coming on the show. I'm telling you guys, this is an awesome interview. You see, JR is a former member of a 1% biker gang. That means that he was an outlaw, a straight up outlaw. He got kicked out of that gang and he was running from the law and he wound up on a property for nine months that had some really strange experiences that he kind of called the predator. But as we were talking, it sounded like maybe he came across what people call a Bigfoot that is cloaking. Very interesting conversation. And after this episode is done, if you're a member, head on over to the membership website right there in the overtime segment because me and JR did a whole second hour talking about his experiences, basically being recruited by what we can only assume was Satan himself. He had some very interesting experiences, including a time where a guy popped up in his life that seemed random at the time. But as time went forward, this guy was clearly up to mystical no good with JR. Very interesting conversations I had with this guy, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. I'm going to play a trailer for the overtime segment right now. And after that trailer's done, we're going to get into the first hour with JR right now. almost like I was in a cave. I'm walking, the best I can describe is it's like a cave. Um, it stinks, you know, and I'm trying to find my way through the dark, trying to figure out where I'm at. And I come into this room and it's almost like an inside of a donut. If, if we walk up a ramp into the inside of a donut, this room, as far as I could see left, it went down and it kind of curled around. And there to the right, it went down and it kind of curled around. And I heard a voice say, you're getting ready to enter a brawl room. And when I heard that, it was like the fear and the anxiety I felt left me. I was, for a minute, I was okay. You know, I was like, okay, cool. So... I didn't know where I was. This doorway kind of slides open. You can hear it slide. I step in there, and I can hear, like, my footsteps echoing. Um, I come in, and there's, like, a fireplace burning over in the right side of this, this big whatever I'm in. I walk over, and there's a man, and he's got on a nice three-piece suit. And he's sitting there, his hair slicked back, and I'm I'm not funny like that. This man had the most pretty blue eyes I've ever seen in my life. His eyes were like a have you ever seen like the marble blue bowling balls that go from like dark to light blue, baby blue, and there's some dark in there? That's what his eyes were like, man, when he turned around to look at me. And he kinda motioned for me to sit down. And when I sit down, it, it the lights kinda opened up more, man. It was like a parquet floor. Um, He's sitting there, I'm sitting there, and he starts talking to me. Now, when he's talking, he's not, I can't understand what he's saying. He's speaking a different language, but in my mind, I can hear it. So, it would almost be like he's saying, but it's coming out in English in my head. You understand what I'm saying? Like, his actual words I'm hearing with my natural ears was gibberish to me. But then after he would speak it, I knew what he was saying in my mind. And we're sitting there, and this man starts asking me questions. 
Um, and he's asking me questions that inside of me I know without a shadow of a doubt that he already knows the answers to. He's just asking to see how I'm going to answer. It, it, it was a real uh, weird kind of conversation we were having. And it was simple stuff, you know, like at first, um, my age, uh, where are you from? It, it was almost like he's kind of filling me out, you know, to see what I'm going to say. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, he knows the answers to these questions. So as the conversation goes on, man, he, he says, why don't you follow me? Now, that's not what he said. Like I said, it was a different language, but in my mind, that's what it said. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, follow me. He said, you can have anything you want. And I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. I don't even know what this is about. And he points over his left shoulder, and I look. And when I look, Tony, I'm, this is all going to sound nuts, bro. When I look, there I am on this bed with these three chicks, okay? These chicks, one is a blonde head, one was a redhead, one was a brunette. And in the midst of once he said that, it was like I was there all of a sudden. When he pointed, I wasn't in the chair anymore. I was there with these girls. These chicks start doing stuff to me and with me for a moment to the point I can feel their hands running the back of my head. I can feel their lips on me. Uh, and then I was, before I knew it, I was back in the chair with him. He said, all that could be yours. And I said, dude, I don't even know who you are. I just let me out of here right now. And he kind of, his demeanor changed. Um, he got, I could tell, angry. His voice that I'm hearing in my head didn't change. The tone of his voice that he was speaking with gibberish didn't change, but his countenance changed. His eyes weren't so pretty anymore. It was like they were looking through me, into me. Today we got JR on the show. JR, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? So JR, you are uh, somebody that has a really interesting past. And I think it's just absolutely fascinating, to be honest with you. I was sitting here listening to you tell some of the stories and stuff, and it's just like, wow. Um, So we're going to start off with the reason why you contacted me, which is uh, you saw what you describe as a predator-like creature. Uh, on a property that you were staying on. If you want, though, start from kind of like the beginning as to, you know, who you are and why you were kind of on that property to begin with to find yourself in that situation. Okay. First, man, thank you uh, for at least talking to me, contacting me back, giving me the opportunity to share with you today. I'd like to say that up front. But uh, like I said, man, my name is JR. um, And I I have always had a criminal background. Uh, I belong to a 1% motorcycle club at one time in my life. And uh, from the time I was a kid all the way up and through that, being a criminal was just part of everyday life. You know, half of my family was, I was. Um, so as, as I got into some trouble, um, what had happened was is 
I was sitting in a, a let me back up. Let me back up a little bit. All right. So I was running a, a B&E thing, which is a breaking and entering crew. This is after I was out of that club. I had got put out of that club, man, for doing some stuff that you're not allowed to do. Of course, if you tell me I can't do it, I'll do it. And um, I got put out. They took my patches. Um, but the criminal part of my life was still there. So me and a buddy of mine started running a B&E. We were doing home invasions. Uh, we were taking people's property um, out of your garage, your house, cars, whatever it was. And the way we were doing it is, is I would wait until I knew when trash pickup was in your neighborhood. Um, we would come in. I would take your stuff all the way to the edge of your property and leave it. That way, if something happened in there, they might give us a trespassing charge, but we wasn't going to get no serious, uh, you know, charges from it. Um, then we would pay another guy to go pick up the stuff that we left out by the curb at trash day, uh, which it wasn't trash. It was your property. So in doing all of this, man, the police was, they was on us kind of hot and heavy, uh, chasing us around. But when I had first got out of the club, there was a situation that had happened. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go too far into what that was, but anyway, we, we started being watched and I was having people follow me. Um, the reason I know is I had a lady follow me to four or five different stores that I went to in one setting. Uh, she would walk in and walk around the store while I was in there, but never buy anything. And then at my next stop, there she was. At my next stop, there she was. So that's kind of what threw me on to it. And I, I was paranoid. And I'm telling people, man, I got I got these trucks following me. I know it's the cops. I, you know, I, I don't know what all this is. and blah blah so i went to my mother uh my mother has never i've never heard a cuss smoke cigarette drink nothing she is nothing like me and my siblings nothing like my aunts uncles my dad none of that i went to my mom and me and my mom's always had an understanding she told me at a young age she said you don't lie to me and i won't lie to you and i said okay and even no matter what i did my mom always knew about it if she asked i told her it wasn't something that i wanted to throw in her face but if she asked me i was always honest with her so I told her what was going on. I said, mom, these people are following me. And she's like, no, you're, you're just paranoid because, you know, of the life you're living. And I said, no, mom, I'm not. I said, look, let me buy your gas. I will buy your gas, fill your car up. You get in the car with me and let me prove it to you. I said, you just drive. I'll tell you where to turn and where to go. And you go with me. She said, fine. So we get in the car, man. And they were using... <clears throat> they were using like the big Dodge trucks, SUVs, uh, the smaller SUVs and uh, four door sedans. And it, it would be between four and five cars. And I could almost tell you what car was coming on next. We'd pull up, she'd turn a right turn signal on to go left and the car would follow us. You know, we'd drive around in circles and the car would follow us. Nobody has time for 30 minutes to drive around in a complete circle. These cars were and they were following us. She said, I think you're right. I said, I told you. So I had, uh, like I said, man, I was a criminal and it's nothing I'm proud of. Um, I needed a ride to another state uh, across the bridge. And I went and I picked up some, some drugs and um, was coming back. And I saw these cars kind of stacking up on us before we got back out of that state. But when we got over the river, I throwed everything out the window. They went over the side of the bridge. They pulled us over. Um, they pulled us over and immediately started asking where the dope was. 
Now, either they were watching me or they were watching that house. Told them, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they tore the car apart. I mean, stripped me down to my bare, bare feet, tennis shoes. You know, we're off. I'm standing outside in the cold. After all that was done, they couldn't find anything. This detective looks at me and says, you know, you're in a stolen car. I said, no, I'm not. How am I supposed to know that? He said, because it was reported stolen. I said, dude, she's got the keys to it. You know what I'm saying? I got a ride from this girl. I'm sitting in the passenger seat of a car. Well, they charged me. Uh, I got locked up and uh, went to jail and I bonded out. That was uh, that was late of 2016. I went on a run. Um, I went on a run because it was a bogus charge. You know, they 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 were pretty well on to us and what we were doing. They just couldn't prove it. Um, I'm not going to say the department's name, but I had the chief of police of that department stop me at like three o'clock in the morning one morning and told me they're going to kill you and my buddy and said his name. And I said, who is he said the boys at the station? I said, what are you talking about, man? He said, look, don't don't play games with me. He said, you've always been respectful to me. And, you know, you ain't never gave me a hard time. I'm paying you a courtesy. Now, him and my stepdad were friends. He said, I'm paying you a courtesy. I'm letting you know right now they're talking about catching y'all on one of these back roads and leaving a gun on you. You're making a lot of people look bad. And I said, well, I appreciate the information. So they, they were on to us. So I'm I'm thinking it's it's all police. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, we'll, we'll get to that. So I, I leave. I go on the run. And I go to this girl's dad's property. Now, this property... Within a 10-mile radius, man, it runs up to where the Ohio River is. Um, there's an area out there called Saluda. Now, everybody knows it as the Bottoms. There's like a national wetland park. Uh, it's not a, a state park that you can come through. It's like protected ground, a reservoir-type thing that, that lines up to this. And then her dad's property was on the other side. Now, there's no cell service out here. This is about as far as you can get out into the middle of nothing, um, where I'm at, you know, and, uh, it, it, that area in Saluda is not an area that you just up and get to go to. Like if, if you don't know somebody down there, you don't need to be down there, man. It, it's a weird bunch of people, um, down that way. I mean, I actually had a friend, uh, when we were in high school that reeled in a, a bag, like a Kroger bag with a, a finger in it and it had a ring on it. Like, I mean, this, this, place here's a bunch of hollers and hills in the middle of nothing now the roads go from pavement to gravel to dirt to just disappearing depending on how far you go there's an actual road back there man that just kind of falls off the side of a hill so this is where this is where i'm hiding at now her her dad's property it, it's from up off of the the gravel road that you come in you got to go down about a mile down this hill it's a bunch of twists and turns and bumps this property set empty for, uh, I think it was 12, 11 years maybe before he got it. Um, now, he's out there in the middle of nothing. You know, when I say nothing, I mean nothing. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. It's just, it's nothing. When I first come out there with this girl that I was dating, um, actually, she's she's my wife today. But when I first come out there, uh, they had told me, you know, he, he took me in, he let me come. He knew I was on the run. He knew what I was about. You know, um, he said, yeah, man, you can crash out here. Cause he's, he's not real friendly with the law either. Um, I said, I appreciate that. He said, but man, I'm going to tell you up front, you got to be careful out here. I said, what do you mean? 
He said, you got to be careful out here. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens. And I thought the dude was messing with me. And I said, what kind of weird stuff? He said, well, I had this thing come across that lake out there on me, uh, screaming like a banshee when we first moved out here, scared my kids to death. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I I just kind of blow it off. So he goes into the story and telling me how they're fishing. He's got his pickup out there. It's him and the smaller of the kids. Um, And he said this thing come across the lake screaming, and it looked like uh, a dark Indian, like like it was some sort of an Indian being screaming, scared him to death. He peeled out of there and goes back to his house. So when we're out there, man, I'm already – Marty on the run. I know the cops are looking for me. So I'm on like a high alert. <clears throat> I figure I need to get around in these woods and around this property to kind of figure out what it is that's going on. So, you know, I walked the property. I listened to what he said. I thought he was full of crap. I walked the property. Um, I'm going out, looking in things, man. And after about, I'd say it was maybe the first month I was there, we had a water line break um, that was run down from up the road toward he lived in a in a little trailer down there um he was like man will you help me and i said yeah so we we hand dug with a shovel a trench this this water line up toward where we were trying to find a break from the house in doing so man we found three or four really pristine arrowheads you know what i'm saying out out of these trenches out there and i was like man this is cool you know, I've always been into history kind of thing. That was that was my subject. If I ever had one, would have been history. I just, I love old stuff. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. And he said, yeah, man, uh, you didn't know that there was, you know, and I got to looking up, there there used to be some kind of uh, Indian settling around there. It wasn't right on his property, but it was, you know, it was in a, within a few mile radius of where he was, he was at. I was like, no, I, I knew nothing about it. So, after we start finding these arrowheads, man, I noticed these mounds out there. And and there's another thing, dude, like walking through these woods with her and, and looking around, I was seeing these bones, Tony. And, and the bones were big bones, bro. It, it looked like it would be somebody's femur bone. I mean, they were long bones. You know what I mean? And I told her that ain't no deer because I asked her, I said, what, what in the world did this come from? She said, oh, it had to be a deer or something. That ain't no deer. That's a real tall deer. You know what I mean? Like, I've I, I seen two or three of these out there in the woods. <clears throat> I said, that ain't no deer. And she's like, yeah. I said, whatever, man. So, in walking the property, I had noticed these mounds. And I asked I asked her dad, I said, hey, bro, uh, what, what's up with these mounds out here? He said, well, I think they're, you know, one. it's where a uh, house used to be back here that burnt down. They just kind of bulldozed it over. And I'm thinking, well, how many mounds did they need to bulldoze it over? Because there's like four of them. And he was right about one. One of them was full of trash and like scrap metal and looked like an old house had been there, you know. But these other ones, these other ones were different, dude. They were perfect like mounds out in this area. Um, and I, I get to digging around, messing with them, dude, and I'm finding arrowheads. This is this is what even had me out here this day when, when this happened. I'm finding these arrowheads. Now, these arrowheads are pristine arrowheads, bro. And it's, you know, I'm into it now. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I can't leave. I'm hiding out. Uh, I can't be out running around and being seen. I got to have something to do. This is what I'm going to do. So I'm I'm always in these woods, man. I'm I'm digging around and I'm finding these arrowheads. Well, (laughs) I had a buddy of mine 
that knows a guy out this way that he buys antiques. And when I say antiques, if there's anything weird that you think you might want to find, I guarantee this dude has it. You know what I mean? He's just this old guy. He's got all kinds of old gas pumps, old gas signs, jewelry, you name it. If it if it's antique, it's at his place. His wife is madder than a mash duck about it. She don't like nobody coming out there because he just keeps collecting it. But he said, man, I think pal, take those. And I said, really? And I said, you can get cash for them? And he said, yeah. I said, well, come out here, dude, and pick them up and take them down there. So that's what he did. He come up and he got a bunch that I'd found and took them down there. And this guy paid me for them. You know, I, I can't work. I'm on the run. I've got to have some kind of income coming. So this is what I'm doing. So in the process of doing all this, man, we're out there. <clears throat> and it, it was weird, dude. On, on this property, it, it always felt like, have you ever had that feeling, man, where you just feel like you're being watched? Oh, yeah. And you, you don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, on this property, bro, that feeling was always there. That feeling was always with you, like something is there with you or watching you. And I I just kept telling myself, man, you're paranoid. You know, you're just paranoid over these, these police. It ain't, it ain't nothing. Chill out. Well, as you walk back <clears throat> down this property, man, there, there's a lake there. And as you go past the lake, it turns into woods. Uh, there's a big creek. Uh, I call it a creek, man. Some people might say it's a river. I've seen places that you go out of state where they say this is such and such river and it looks like a creek. That's kind of how this was. It was pretty wide, um, you know, probably three foot wide. And some of the embankments were two and a half foot, three foot up. But it, it ran all the way around the backside of his property that divided his property from the woods that led into the other area I was talking about earlier. Um, so as you cross that creek and get out there, dude, it, it, it was eerie, man. It, it was almost like even the trees were different. And I know that sounds weird, but it, it was like even the trees were eerie. You know, they, they just looked weird. They wasn't like everything else. And it was dead quiet out there. Like you, you could hear birds and little rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that up there closer within a mile of his house. But after you got so far out, it was just dead. There was nothing. Um, I didn't stay out that way too much. You know what I mean? I, I kind of stayed within about a mile of the house because that place out there, it was immediately, you just get this gut-wrenching feeling like something's there that, you know, you ain't supposed to be there. You know what I mean? And and there's nothing around. Uh, so what happened, man, the, the very first thing that, that I had seen, um, we like I said, we were down a hill. And I seen something up the hill leading out of his place that was moving tree to tree and I not up in the tree, but on the ground. And it was, it was it like dusk. It was looking at us. The, the moon was out, but it wasn't out. Uh, it, the sun was going down, man. And it was starting to get dark, but it was backlit that way. So I could see a silhouette and this was a pretty big dude, you know, for the life of me, I thought, why did they send this big old cop out here? They could have got somebody better to be down here. So I ended up in the woods that night. But I watched it moving around tree to tree and thought, okay, they're here. They figured out where I'm at. So I'm in the woods, laid out in the woods, man, and camouflage for like an hour that night before I'd come back to the house. Um, that kind of tripped me out. Now, he <laughs> he swears that there's weird stuff going on on this property. You know, uh, like I said, he had that thing come across the lake on him, he had said. And the only weird thing I've seen of yet, I've been out there probably five months at this point was this dude that I thought was a cop 
up there moving around in the woods. So I'm, I'm still doing this arrowhead thing, man. What had happened was, is I'd woke up, um, it was about 10 o'clock, maybe 1030. Um, I get up, I get dressed, uh, I put on my, my bibs and everything, boots, grab a shovel. I had a little shovel there and I'm going back to my spot and I'm going to dig some more arrowheads because I'm, I need some money. I get going back there, man. I come around where that lake's at, that that thing supposedly come across on him. Um, and I'm standing in grass. Now this grass is dry grass after where his yard ended, it turned into grass and it just got higher as you got. And once you got past that lake, it was up, I'm six foot four, man. So it's up to, it's up to my belly button, you know, or in a little higher. I'm, I'm above waist deep grass, um, that you have to walk through. Now that one mound, the first one that you come to where I've been digging is probably a hundred yards, 200 yards, maybe 150 yards away from this lake. I get out there and I'm digging and I've got me a little Kroger bag and I, I found a few here and there. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, when I say I'm finding them, it wasn't, you know, I was, the guy was paying $25 a piece for them. Um, you might find three in a whole day, but I'm out there and I had found a couple and where it's at is when I start up that mound, the mound kind of goes over into the woods and then there's trees to the left of that. Now I'm standing on the right of this mound. If you would be facing it where the grass side is, but it's still uphill a little bit. Um, I, I had stopped after about an hour out there, man, I lit a cigarette and I'm kind of leaning up against this little pine tree. Um, and I'm smoking a cigarette and all of a sudden out of my right side of my peripheral vision, I seen something moving. So I stop and I turn and look and there's nothing there. I'm looking at nothing. Now I just seen what, what I thought in my peripheral was a man beside me. I look and there's nothing there. Um, I think, you know what? It's gotta be the smoke off your cigarette. That's what you seen. I go on back to doing what I'm doing, which is just standing there having a cigarette, man. So standing there, I'm relaxing. I got the shovel in the bag laying there and kind of leaning up against this tree and I see it again. And when I turn and look this time, the movie, the predator man, um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, when that thing goes camouflage and it looks, it looks like it's there, but it's not there. That's what I saw standing there. This thing. Now, like I said, I'm up a hill a little bit on the side of this mound. This thing was about, I don't know, six inches, eight inches taller than I was. And it was on the flat ground. Like I said, I'm six foot four. But this thing, it looked like, it, it's like the Predator thing, man, but it's almost like it was a liquid metal type effect. Almost like if you take what you're looking at, if you stand outside and you're looking at the woods and this thing it just, you know, in front of you, stepped out of another dimension, wearing everything you're looking at, that's exactly how it was. It, it, it was, it was, it, it messed me up, bro. And when I seen this thing and I looked at it, it kind of, I believe that it realized that I saw it because when it was standing there, his head kind of looked down like he looked at his feet back up at me. And when he realized I saw it, that grass, dude, I watched it split when it ran. Now, when I tell you this thing ran, this wasn't like me and you breaking out running. This thing was moving, dude. It, it you know, in a two foot path all the way through that grass over up through 
over another little ridge toward that creek and gone. And then it was nothing there. You didn't hear anything when it hit the woods, but I watched the grass split. And I have no idea to this day what it was. It scared me to death, dude. Um, Because everything that you think you know that is supposed to be around in the woods or everything you think you know that is even capable of, of your wildest kind of thing, that, that wasn't anything I would imagine to see. But then I saw it. I left everything where it was laying at, Tony. I left everything where it was laying at, and I was going the other way. You know, when it took off and it went to the right, I broke out behind me and in beeline uh, for that house. I get to that house and I've been on the run. You know, I'm, I'm hiding out. Police have been coming to my parents' home. They've been looking for me for almost a year, right around nine months. You know, I get to that house. I said, yeah. and you had to go a mile to get cell service. I said, give me a phone right now. They said, what? I said, I'm not staying here. I'm leaving. They said, what? I said, dude, there is something out here in these woods. I don't know if it was an alien. I don't know if it was, you know, the predator. I don't know what it was. I'm not staying here. Give me a phone. I took my girl's phone and I walked that mile up and I called my mother. I said, Ma, you got to come give me a ride right now. She said, what? I said, come and get me now. She knew where I was at. She said, you can't, you can't be out running around. You can't come here, Gerald. Police have been here three times already this week. I said, I don't care. Come and get me. You don't understand. There is something out here that is not natural, man. There is something on this property that it should not be here. She says, I'm on my way. I took their phone back down there, dude. I packed the bag and I left. And I got locked back up and was happy to get locked back up. I did 18 months over that, dude, because I wasn't going to stay out there. They give me they give me three years. I did 18 months off of, off of that stupid sitting in a passenger seat of a car and was happy to go. But there was no way in hell I was going to stay another day out here on this property. It just wasn't going to happen. Wasn't gonna happen, man. So, uh, yeah, it, it. I told my mom about it, and she just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, and I, the reason, the reason I even found you, man. Um, when I got out, I got a job. Um, my last little bit I had to do on a bracelet. They had me on a uh, home incarceration thing, but I was allowed to work. I got a job, man, driving a forklift, and uh, I'd get there like. 45 minutes an hour early every morning because I'm not the dude that wants to get up, jump right into something. You know, I smoked my cigarettes, I drank my coffee. I'm sitting out back. There's a fellow listening to this podcast, and uh, it was, dude was telling a story, and I'm just kind of listening, you know. And my buddy, his name was Rob. He said, Hey, man, you ever listen to this guy? And I said, No, what, what is it? And it was actually, it was Wes's, um, it was Wes's podcast. Wes Garmer with Sasquatch Chronicles. It was his podcast. And he told me about an experience he had had. And uh, I think he used to be from Louisiana, somewhere down that way. He said he had him his own experience. And I was like, yeah, well, I kind of shared it with him. And that's the first person, man, that didn't treat me like I was nuts. You know, my mom, my mom never said anything, but I could tell she thought I was crazy. I shared it in the pod with two guys that was in my hut when I was locked up. And they laughed me quiet. You know what I'm saying? They said, you're nuts. And I know I'm not nuts. I know what I've seen. But then that dude turned me on to his, um, and I found you through him, man. And and that's how I even came about to contact you. Well, I'm glad you did contact me because uh, that's an amazing experience from beginning to end. Uh, man, 
it's like the odds of you even finding yourself on that property, there was so many, there was such a series of events that had to happen in order for you to even oh, have yeah. that experience. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't even, listen, we're going to start with the property and we're going to go down that okay. road first because uh, I, I was going to ask you, you know, about the other stuff as far as like, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you mentioned earlier yep. about how the one officer came out of like a courtesy to, to tell you that, you know, they're coming for you and they, they, they want to kill you. And he's talking about other law enforcement officers. Is that something that in your area is more common where like the, the cops, like especially with guys like you, they're like, I, they're, they rally you guys up and kind of like rough you up and stuff? They, they, I mean, I don't know, man, if it, if it's the police or just us because we were stupid. You know, I, I have, they told me one time when they arrested me that I was D&B. they come across the radio if they needed help. And the guy said, no, he, he turned around and put his hands behind his back. The guy on the other end of the radio said, well, he's D&B. I didn't know. And that was that conversation. I asked the arresting officer that I'm in the car with. I said, man, what in the hell is D&B? He said, you know, if you take a lowercase d and a lowercase b, you put them side by side, they face different directions. And I said, yeah. He said, well, that's you. Some days you want to fight and we got to tase you and put you in cuffs. And some days you'll go quietly. I said, well, man, that just usually depends on if I'm messed up drinking and, you know, partying or not. And he said, yeah, I know. So it, I don't think it's that it's the police, but dude, I walked out of it three times. And what I mean is, is they tried to set me up three different times. I had a dude, all right, now his son was 23 years old. I had a guy tell me that his son got kidnapped, a 23-year-old kid. Now, he, he's a grown man. You know what I mean? Your, your son didn't get kidnapped. What it was, he ran off with some girl, okay? Well, the dude wants me to go talk to this guy. Now, I had met this guy probably a night, two nights before, and he wanted some, some dope, and we were selling drugs. Dude come over and asked for a sample bag, and I, I gave him one, and he stuck in his pocket. And I said, hey, bro, you, you going to do that? And he said, well, I got to drive, man. You know, I don't want to do it. I said, then that's all the more reason to do it. Here, let me see it. He handed it back to me, and I poured it in my hand. I said, there you go. Snort it. And he said, no. And I said, well, here, man, eat it or something. He was like, no, you know, man. I, I said, dude, you the damn police. You the police. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> and I walked away from the car, you know. And um, that same dude is supposedly the guy that kidnapped this dude's kid. So he sends me. He hands me an ounce of dope. He said, hey, can you go drop this off to this dude for me? I got something I got to take care of. I didn't feel right about that whole situation. You're sending me first off. You want me to go somewhere with somebody I don't know to handle some business and ain't got nothing to do with me and it's all about you. I said, yeah, man, all right. So he walked in the other room and I stuck it up on top of his entertainment center. Now, his entertainment center is one of them ones that kind of got like trim around the top of it and it, it sits almost to the ceiling, yeah. you know? So I stuck it up in there. I'll jump in the car with this chick, man. We go down there. I seen his son. I said, hey, Bob, what's going on? He said, nothing. I said, you all right? He said, yeah, I'm good. I said, well, your dad told me you got kidnapped. He said, I wasn't kidnapped. I said, well, what's the deal with this guy you're with? He said, oh, man, he's just giving me a place to stay. I said, all right, man, cool. You sure you're good? He said, yeah. I said, that's all I needed. Come on, girl, let's go. And we turn around to leave this McDonald's, and this dude that I had seen the other night, I was telling you, he's like, hey, man, ain't you got something for me? I said, I ain't got a damn thing for you, dude. What are you talking about? He said, old boy told me he was sending me something up here for me. I said, well, you need to talk to old boy then, man, because I, I don't know what you're talking about. He starts cussing. He's mad. We exchange words. We get in our cars and leave. So he comes down the road, man, and cuts around me. 
like I'm in front of him. He comes flying around me into traffic around my car and goes on ahead of me and turns at the road before the road I've got to turn on. And when I turned on the road to go back to this man's house, dude, there were police everywhere, police everywhere on this road. So I walk in and he's like, uh, you got the money for that? I said, no, you're going to have to handle that with him, dude. I said, I left that up there on top of the entertainment center. He's like, what? I said, I, I ain't taking none of I ain't in none of your business, bro. I'm not in none of that. I left that on top of the entertainment center. So dude's like, yeah, man, you know, uh, we, we've been running the gun kind of hard. We need to calm down, but I got this job we need to do right away. I said, hold on, bro. You, you sit here in the same sentence and tell me we need to calm down, but you got a job we need to do right away. I said, man, y'all, y'all are the police. Y'all are the police. I'm leaving. And I started walking out of there. And when I got down to the, there's, there's like a little cross street that comes out and there's an alley that separates the two roads. I come down to cut down through this alley, man. And when I cut down through this alley, there's a narcotics officer for this department that everybody knows. Um, he's a black cop. He's the only black cop on the department. And he's sitting there in that alley. Rolls his window down, pulls his sunglasses, you know, down on his nose and points at me and just kind of shakes his head. So I slipped him off and kept walking. You know, that that was one time I walked out of it. They 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 had were trying to get me nonstop, bro. And and that's why they gave me that bogus charge. That charge they got me on should have been criminal conversion or joyriding. You know what I'm saying? That that's a, that's a slap on the hand kind of charge. They maxed me out on it, dude. I got I got the maximum amount of time for that charge. The girl that was driving that truck never even seen the inside of a courtyard, bro. Wow. So yeah, they were just after you then. Well, me and that other guy, yeah. Wow. Man, you have lived an interesting life. Absolutely. And uh, you know, let's get to this property that you were staying on. Okay. Uh, her dad knew there was weird things going on with the property. He talked about the screaming banshee, and and he said that there was a, a dark Indian that he saw that I, I think you said it was running at him screaming or something. Uh, when yeah. you say dark, I'm assuming like a shadow figure almost. Yes, sir. Okay, so did he ever mention anything else other than that? I mean, did he have any idea that there was something like a predator out there? No, no, the, that's the only thing he had said. Now, with you got to understand, man, my my wife. And I believe her. And the reason, you know, she she's never she's never told she never laughed me down when I told her what I what had happened to me. You know, when I got locked up, she was like, "Why did you leave? You could have stayed. Everything was good." I explained the situation, and her answer was, "Oh, okay." Like she she already knew some stuff's messed up out yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? She had an ordeal, man. Probably five miles up the road from where he's at. Like I said, it goes from pavement to gravel the dirt these roads do she is out running these back roads um with a friend of hers and they were and and i know man people can say what they want you know they were smoking a joint i ain't never smoked a joint in my life that made me hallucinate okay she, she said they were smoking a joint and she seen a sasquatch this thing come across and i've been to the spot she's taking me out there and, and i got out to check out this area she it, as you come down this road, man, it comes down a little embankment to the left. To the right of it, there is a field, but there is a fence right there, and it's got a cattle gate. Now, a cattle gate's what, four foot tall, roughly? And you got to think, they hang them from about a foot to two foot off the ground. She said this thing stepped over this cattle gate like it, it just kept walking. Um, where she's pointing at on the tree was nine, ten foot. 
of this thing that was, you know, coming over the deal. So I don't know that that thing I seen that night up there in the woods wasn't something weird. Because like I said, man, always out here in the woods, you feel like something's watching you. There's another family. I'm not going to put their name out here because it's it's not my story to tell. They're a well-known family in the area I live in. Um, there's quite a few of them. Their property starts at one end of a road and ends at the other. And every piece uh, or every member of the family has a house down that road. You know what I mean? Some on either other side, but it's from one end to the other. They've seen these things for years and have actually taken pop shots at them out that way. You know, and, and everybody around town laughs at them and says they're nuts. I used to think they were nuts, dude, until I seen what I seen. You know, I, I've never seen a Bigfoot myself, but how am I to say that there ain't such a thing when I just seen a predator, you know, or, or whatever it was. But when I was locked up, we were staying in a camper down there on this property. Now, it wasn't a small camper. It was a decent-sized camper, enough to where you could take, and we built a porch to the front and down one side of it, you know, around the edge of this side and up the front of this camper. And that's where my wife today was my girlfriend at the time was still staying when I was locked up was down here on this property. She said, and I believe her, man, that something had picked this camper up off the ground, the end that the deck was tied to, deck and all, picks this thing up three or four foot and like rocks it two times and dropped it. She come running out of the camper and running around this building and there's nothing there. Now, for the life of me, I don't know any man that could have picked me because it's not like it's rocking on the tires. The, the tires is off of, it. you know what I'm saying? It, it's axle. There's no wheel there. And then the deck wasn't, but uh, just a few inches off the ground, like as a step up around the front of this camper deal, picks it up, man, and rocks it twice and drops it. And, you know, she, she ended up leaving out there after that. But it's just, I don't know, man, there's something messed up about this property, bro. Well, let me ask you. So the way you describe the property, it's it, it, and you were talking about Kentucky a little bit and and judging by your accent, uh, I'm assuming this property is in like southern Ohio, right? Southern Indiana. Oh, southern Indiana. Yep. Gotcha. OK, yep. we're about we're about a mile or we're about an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes north of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, gotcha. All right. So um, now I, I've I've heard a lot of stories about Southern Ohio, which obviously if it's Southern Indiana, it kind of is in that parallel uh, line of, you know, weird occurrences. Uh, you say you never saw a Sasquatch. Have you ever thought about the idea that what you saw was a Sasquatch just acting in a way that some people say is impossible? Maybe, maybe it could have been, man. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I watched that thing up there in the woods, and this would have been a big cop. I mean, professional wrestler style cop, you know, pro football player. I, and I thought to myself, why in the world, if they sending somebody in the woods to find me, are they going to send the biggest dude on the daggone department? Why wouldn't you send somebody smaller? You know, a smaller silhouette, a smaller target is less you're going to see, but this thing was huge. And it, it would like, come out from behind a tree, get down, kind of army crawl real quick, come up or by another tree, look out, get down. And we watched it go across the daggone hillside up there, man, to the point where I ran out and I laid in the woods and was not coming out. I figured that's it. and know where I'm at. It could be a Sasquatch. You know, there, there's, I don't know. I'm not going to say it was because I didn't see it with hair on it. 
what I seen, it was, it was, it was like camo to everything around me. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say a hundred percent it was or wasn't, but I, I know what I seen. And it, it, when this thing saw, I saw it, it took off. So it knows I seen it. You know what I mean? It broke and ran and I broke and ran the other direction, but it, it was almost like it was shocked. Because like I said, when, when I seen it the second time moving, it stopped. And you could make out, you know, the full shoulders, arms. You could see, like, the break through it, but there was nothing there. It, it's hard to explain, man. It was like it was it was wearing the air around us. You know, that's the best way I can describe it. It looked like the Predator, like it was wearing the environment around, like me and you, if we were standing there, it would be wearing the environment around us, you know, and it stopped moving. And when I looked at it and dude, I felt everything from the top of my head drain out of my body, bro. It scared me to death, dude. I don't like to say I was scared. That scared me to death, man. Scared me to death. I felt everything run out of my body all the way down. It was, it, it was one of those feelings of so much weight. It felt like was on me in that moment. Like it was almost pressing me to the ground. And when it realized I saw it, it kind of looked down toward its feet and broke out and took off and I left. I left. Every, as far as I know, everything's still laying down there in them woods, man. Yeah. I well, here's the thing. So there is people who say they see Bigfoot uh cloaking. And when I first started hearing that years ago, I I, I just didn't think the way I think now and I was like, that's impossible. Um I, I don't think it's impossible anymore. And w- there's a video online, I've talked about it before on the show, where there it's a YouTube channel uh, where this lady, Barbara, goes out uh, and she, you know, does Bigfooting. Right. She takes a newbie out with her and they're out there and they see something. And the lady that spotted it, she said that she saw something that was black in the tree coming down the tree. And it sounded like it was it was like a juvenile almost. It wasn't like a giant. But uh, she saw something that had black hair coming down out of the tree and they actually filmed it. But what they filmed wasn't black. It was actually translucent. And you actually see something on video translucent, like the predator moving on video. But in person, the lady who saw it said it didn't look like that. It actually looked black. And and the, the way it lays out is she sees it they're filming. Nobody else sees it. So they're walking away then at a little bit later and they're talking about it. She's describing what she saw. It was black, this, that, and the other. They get back to camp and they review footage. And right where she said she saw it, that's where this translucent figure was. And so uh, it sounds a lot like what you just described. And when you think about like the activity that you that you experienced, uh, the well, obviously the hulking size of it is one thing that'd be obviously equivalent to Bigfoot, but also um, the 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 way it moved. You said it wasn't like us running; it was just like whew, it was gone. It was just yeah, it moved. Like, it was gone. Dude. Almost, almost it, the way you described it to me, it almost sounds like it was uh, zero to sixty, bro, in seconds. You know, is, is what it was like. Almost was like a cartoon sh- character, like like in, on a cartoon where they move exactly so fast. the Roadrunner. Yeah. yeah. When he me me and that June gone, that's what it was, man. But you watched the grass split yeah. as it went, and when it hit them woods over there, there was no sound. You know, this this is in the uh, the later. This was around. I got locked up in uh, March after being out there for so long. So yeah, it was still fall. I mean, there were still leaves. It was just now starting to sprout leaves around. 
So it wasn't like you wouldn't have seen it cutting through them trees. You know what I mean? You sh- you should have seen something or heard something, but when it hit the edge of those woods, dude, it was dead. There was no sound. That's something that we hear about people saying that these things move, talking about Bigfoot, these things move almost ungodly fast. Like it's just, you know, like you said, zero to 60, it's just super fast. So I don't know when, you, when you're telling me the story, the more details you told, the more I felt like what you experienced was probably Bigfoot, but doing something that people would say is impossible. And we have people right. who people, we have people who say that, you know, Bigfoot is just a giant hairy creature out in the woods and that's that it's all natural and then we have and, and they've seen it kind of thing and then we have other people who have experienced bigfoot and it did supernatural things whether it's the the cloaking like you had or you know things like almost like mind speak like it spoke to you like telepathically and so right. there there's things about these creatures that are just absolutely um fascinating and mysterious and i think from your end receiving what i just said I, I can't imagine you think that's crazy because of what you saw, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I believe her a hundred percent, you know, that, that she saw what she saw. I believe her that the, the camper uh, had got lifted. Cause it, it was, I say it's a camper, man. It, it might've been just a really small trailer. Cause it had like the double axle behind it. You know what I mean? But there was no tires. Um, it, it, I called it a camper. It, it didn't look like anything you'd want to, uh, a family could live in more of a one person deal, but she said it lifted this thing up and rocked it up twice. Like before it hit the ground, the second time it come up again. And she said it would have been like me. And like I said, I'm six, four lifting at chest level and dropping it. Like I I would be outside somebody curling that, you know, and that's, that's infeasible, dude. You can't No, there's no person that can do that. I don't care. I mean, you, you know, the, with the front end, of the other end of that camper trailer being on the ground the way it was, there's no way, there's no way they had the strength to destroy the dirt with the front of the, you know, the tone of that thing would have done on the other side of it. There's no way, man. There's no way. Well, it, to me, man, there's a lot of mystery out there and this just adds to the piece of the pie. You were talking about when you were out there and there's these mounds Mm -hmm. and you're finding arrowheads that were pristine were you actually yep. digging up the mounds? Um, one side of it, yeah. We we were digging, um, not maybe a foot up it, man, but right around there. Like I said, you could find them in that creek back there. And dude, there's there's so much flint around this area. It's nuts, you know. I mean, you there, there's not a rock you couldn't take a handful of gravel and throw in that creek and not hit flint. I mean, it, it is just scattered out there, all over the ground, all through the creek all around everywhere in these woods. Um, and actually, man, a few miles away, there, there's a place that is, you know, they got a road out there named Flint Ridge um, where it's it's just like, and there's no mountains in Indiana. You know, these these are just big hills that come up out of hollers and stuff. But there, it's just all Flint, dude, everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I, when I was digging, when we were digging the pipes, I was digging toward the road. So that would be the opposite direction probably, you know, from where his house was, like I said, there's, I don't know how far that lake was away from it. And then I was probably 200 yards from that lake at the edge of the woods on that mound. Now there's no trees growing on that mound. That mound sits right at the edge of the woods. The trees were to the left side of it and I was to the right, but it's just a grass field to the right of it. Probably, 
I don't know, maybe a half length of a football field wide, and then it turns into woods again. There's just that big opening right there. Once you come down down that valley, probably a mile in, then it opens up to that area. And his house sits at the far end, which would be, um, let's say, we'll call it north, the north end toward the road, and the lake sits toward the south end of the property. And then I was 200 yards back past that. So, yeah, man, I, I mean, right there on the edge of that mount is where we were, where I was digging. So have you said that earlier you had any subject that would be history. Have you ever looked into the history of these mounds? Not not those, man. Now, uh, you've heard of the Battle of Tippecanoe, right? Yeah. That, that happened. Now, probably, um, I want to say within a... 20 minute drive from where I was at, um, maybe 25 minutes, there was what's called the Pigeon Roost Massacre. What had happened was, is after Tippy Canoe, some Indians had wanted to retaliate. There was a settlement called Pigeon Roost, and they went in and they killed, I think it was four adults and like 22 kids, completely slaughtered them. Everybody that was at the settlement, uh, it was 22 children um, and like four adults, I think. Um, just one man, the other three were women, I believe. And then those kids, uh, they completely wiped them out as a, um, as, a, you know, like a retaliation for Tippy canoe. Now there's a little town further up the road. If you would drive 20 minutes, the opposite direction, um, where there was supposed to have been a settlement. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with, those Indians that did that, but that's the closest that I can pinpoint that I know that happened. Cause I've been out there to check the place out, man, you know, and, and I've got like, uh, you know, the, uh, it's like, a, it looks almost like a smooth rock. My buddy found one dude with him and his dad and they were, they were logging. Um, they ended up pulling a stump up and this thing was perfect, dude. It was kind of tapered at the end, almost like a perfect axe. And he actually took it to the Falls of the Ohio Museum, man, and they've got it down there. I forget the name of what this thing's called, but his property that he found this on is closer toward a town, but it's still out in the same direction. You know, I mean, there's, it's, there's, I've never really looked into anything being in that exact area, but I know within a 20 minute drive, there were settlements and, and, you know, actual uh, battles that took place. Dude, we found musket balls, perfectly round, made out, and I'd, I'd say that's what they are. It's perfectly round stone. Looks like a marble, but it, they're, they look like they're stone in those creeks out there. Wow, that's amazing. Like I, I love hearing that stuff. Like I've never found an arrowhead, and there's tons of arrowheads where I grew up, and I never found one. And uh, yeah. it, it, the, the idea of finding that kind of stuff is just it's thrilling to me. Um, the, these mounds, people sometimes say that are their Indian burial grounds kind of thing where they, they buried their dead. Um, and then other people believe that these mounds are remnant of maybe where Nephilim giants were buried. Uh, have you ever heard of Nephilim giants? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, it's, and, and that's why I said, man, you know, I was kind of talking and, and that's about the paranormal, you know, earlier when you and I were talking about some of the things that happened to me then, like. The paranormal has always been around, and for a long time, I thought they were ghosts. I believe today as a Christian that they're they're demons. You know what I mean? And and um, yeah, man, the the whole Nephilim thing, I'm that that's my stuff, dude. Like I said, between you and Wes and Dark Waters, y'all are my my podcast. Man, I mean, I, every day, every night, that's you know, I'm I'm listening to you guys, man, because it it freaked me out, dude. And and that dude that I was 
talking to, I said at my work, turned me on to it. And, uh, man, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole after that, trying yeah. to figure out what this thing is, you know? So you mentioned about these bone, the, the, the long bones that I think you described it almost mm-hmm. like they were finger bones were when you found those, were they near the mounds? No, they, they were just scattered around this property in the woods. And see, dude, look, there, there's, there's something else here. All right. Now this, this may not, it didn't really have anything to do with what I saw, but this for the life of me, I could not figure out why somebody would do this. There is a tree out there that I guarantee I'm six foot four. I guarantee that me and another man could not hold hands around it. I mean, it's how big it is. This thing was humongous around. Okay. It has been perfectly cut with a saw dude the stump still sets and the tree's laying there you can walk it i used to take her little brother and sister out there and let them play on it like a jungle gym. dude i could get on this thing and walk around on it you know and it's just laying on the ground somebody like they had cut this thing down but they never took the wood for the life of me i couldn't figure out why because this tree had to be the tree of its day when it was up you you would have been able to see this thing from you know, a few miles away, this thing was huge. Why in the world would they cut this thing down, drop it where it's at, and there's been nothing cut off of it, dude? You can walk it all the way down to the very tip, and it, it's all there, and it's it's humongous, humongous, man. I don't I don't understand why they did that. I've asked her dad, you know, hey, why in the world did y'all cut this tree down and not not use the wood? He said it's been like that before I moved in. And it, it sets like toward the mid of those mounds, man. You know, like they, it not the first one I was at, then there's another one back in the woods. It kind of splits the two. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not directly between them, but the tip runs. You would have to, if you took both mounds side by side, the tree was laying in the middle and you turn them right to where the one on your left hand side would be out further than the tip of the tree is kind of how they're run. It's kind of run diagonal. To the left of the one I was at, but that tree, that fall is right there where they're at. I can't for the life of me figure out why somebody would cut this tree down and not use the wood. Huge, bro. Huge tree. I understand. It, there's, there's, and I'm assuming this tree is like kind of, it has to be way out there if it's on this property. It's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. It's, it's out in the middle of nothing, dude. Like there's, the, you're in the woods. You gotta, you gotta hike in to get to it. You know what I mean? Where these, these, this other mound part is, but it sits in the woods and it's just completely cut and dropped. And there's trees all around it. Like, it's not like they went out and they were cutting firewood. Somebody dropped this thing and left it. Interesting. And it's just out in the middle of the woods, completely perfectly cut across with a saw. It's not like they hacked it. They, they used the chainsaw. It looks like, and cut this thing. So this property is your wife's dad's property, right? Mm-hmm. Now, does he still own that property? No, he actually sold it to his niece, his sister's, uh, okay. his sister's daughter. No, but it's still in the family. Have you ever been back out there since you saw that thing? No, I haven't. No, I haven't, man. Honestly, uh, I ain't had the balls to do that yet. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, if I were to come out, would you would you take me out there? Absolutely. I really think it's a possibility. Um, I, cool. I, we're recording this for the audience that's listening. We're recording this in uh, December and usually January and February of every year works so slow. I usually have layoff and, uh, I, I've been thinking about taking a trip out to Kentucky because there's some business I need to handle out there as well. 
Um, and yep. since I'm close enough, I might as well see if I can go north a little bit and meet up with you. Um, I think yeah. it'd be really interesting. I, I, I don't really make a whole lot of road trips, but when there's something like what you got going on and you still have access to the property, uh, I would be very interested in checking it out. Um, I'll probably bring like my brother or something too, just so that my wife doesn't cool. think I'm going to get, you know, axed by some stranger right. in the woods. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not that my brother could stop anything. He's only five foot five and you're six, four. So you, you know, he could probably take both of us. Yeah, man, definitely. Let me know. Uh, definitely. We'll keep in touch with you. So, uh, let me ask you, RJ, uh, can we get into some of the paranormal talk on an overtime segment for the members on the website? Yeah. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you can do to help this show grow is just to share it with your friends wherever you are, wherever you want to go. Take the confessionals with you and share it with your friends. Now, I want to remind you guys, we are doing the overtime segment right now. So if you're a member, head on over to the membership website and check out the overtime segment because right now there is an overtime second hour with JR waiting for your listening pleasure. I really hope you guys enjoyed this week. And until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Anytime you'd like to fight, I will oblige. I can show your pain. But from this day forward, you'll only be known as prey. I'll stomp you out like a stogie. You better hope and pray. I'll make it quick. Get to the chopper. We'll be written on your grave. What you call destruction is just a road I paved. I'll steamroll your whole team like I own the place. When I tell you what the hell I am, you're going to be blown away. Welcome to the jungle. Anyone want to play? I can assure you, blood sport. It's just my sort of game. So when you enter the hunting grounds, remember your the game. Beware my territory, it's where you'll be shortly slain. Of course, you maim your body, not much left of your remains. After I skin you alive, you'll find no closer shades. I'll rip your little, little spine about your shoulder blades. When it comes to combat, I'm a god upon this mortal plane. I consider your corpse of the ward, and I let my trophies hang. In this forest, only one predator can reign. And I'm looking down upon you from the throne of bones I made. With pure disdain of honor, you'll be fully trained. What you covered up in mud for to exfoliate? I see you trying to hide your heat signature in vain From my infrared vision there will be no escape You're even more of a dinosaur than Jesse Ventura and Schwarzenegger Except you're gonna go extinct Oh, I don't mind so tiny Oh, I think it's cause you're right beside me Silhouette, triple red dot, laser sights are aligned, got my target locked. What's my income? Check it when my net drops. You'll end up in one of them unless you get lost. Try to catch a predator, you'll only get caught. Casting plasma like a magic blaster, I'm a dead shot. Sex appeal is not my specialty. Nonetheless, I'm dressed up in my fishnets just in case it gets high. I'll pop a disc in you as if you were a desktop. Then eject it from your neck, kebab you like a chef. Toss you up a tree, tie you by your feet, let your head drop. Then I'll watch you swing around like you was my dreadlocks. You may have faded. Track, but I'm a climbing kind of beast Call me abominable You have no eyes on me Camouflage on Might be right behind you Keep in mind If it can bleed It can die But I got no time to bleed I 
embrace danger, conquer on what up with some would call it bad habit Cause I'm such a self-destructor Gorilla blood spiller, such a thrilling heart stopper Got you on the chopping block, now you've gotten to the chopper I'll never become hunted, cause I'm always the hunter Hope your cardio condition bout to run a tough mutter Now things are getting heated, so you best get undercover You don't wanna face me, I'm one ugly mother Yeah.